everybody. Hello, everyone. This is Zach. And this is Stuart. And this is a book club uh, episode. Mm-hmm. Um, today we are discussing the, uh, this is uh, my choice, um, Susanna Clark's 2004 work, uh, Jonathan Strange and Mr. Norrell. Yeah, it's definitely a chonker of a book. It is. It's, um, how many, you, you said the uh, the paperback was like a thousand pages? Yeah, it's it's around a thousand. I think it clocks in around 1,052 pages. Yeah, okay, so, <laughs> sorry, first off, I no. uh, forgot that it was that long. No, um, no. That's, that's the. But yeah, like so. So I guess to to start off, um, what would you classify this book as? Because I have in my notes here: fantasy, historical novel, alternate history. <laughs> yeah, and I would agree with all three of those um, classifications of this book because yeah. it, it does take like time in the Napoleon uh, era ages. It's yeah. uh, it's you know it's written um, with a very British leaning to it. Um, Mm -hmm. there's a lot of, um, I guess, particular, uh, cultural references with, um, you know, just the political, uh, I guess, value of, uh, Britain back in that age, like the Elizabethan sort of era. Um, exactly. Yeah. About like classism, um, and, you know, the upper class versus the lower class and stuff like that. But um, it does have that error of um, magic. And that's where I think it really shines at. I really enjoy sort of the um, the magic system and the pontification of magic. Uh, because the book does get into a lot of like debating about um, the use of magic, um, about, you know, uh, the philosophy of magic. Um, yeah, as if it were real. Yeah, which and, I'll, I'll have I, to know, which was, I love. <laughs> uh, yeah, I really enjoyed that as well. I thought that was, you know, um, a really good thought exercise. Um, oh yeah, just because you know, if previous listeners know our style, probably um, you know enjoy know that we both enjoy fantasy. Um, I definitely wouldn't put this in like high fantasy. Uh, no, 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 no. It's yeah. definitely rooted in, um, like, real, not real life, but, like, you know, um, consequences and stuff like that. And right. then I also like that it has that sort of, um, I guess, that fanaticism in, like, um, I guess, in folk tales because it gets into, like, fairies and like the fae and stuff like that which i thought is really cool and i can definitely see where um dresden files had taken some of uh well i don't know which one came out well so dresden files like he he taught he uses more kind kind of like this he's he's modernized um like the fey court and Mm -hmm. how they work yeah um whereas this definitely uses more like you know 15th century poems by mm-hmm. <laughs> by um obscure english authors and and like dealing with with that that trip into the fae that you you know you come back from and 50 years has passed or whatever yeah um, um or you know you spend the entire night dancing which I yeah i feel like i did <laughs> last night 
the, yeah, the, no. to pull back the curtain. Yeah. I, yeah. I we're both a little a rough... low energy this morning. <laughs> <laughs> kind of had a, a bit of a rough night, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, like, like, um, just putting on my English major cap, um, there's, there's a lot of like 1800s, uh, different styles in this book. Um, I would say chief among them are like manners comedies, mm-hmm. like, like, uh, Jane Austen, like social comedy. Yeah. Um, there's pretty heavy handed Gothic, um, element yeah. in there. Yeah. Um, especially with, with the Fae and John us glass, which we'll get into. Yeah. Um, and then there's the, you know, the idea of a Byronic hero, which it's funny because Byron and the Shelleys and, um, Polidary are all in a scene towards the end. Mm-hmm. So Byron is actually Lord Byron is actually in the book as a character, which yeah. I thought was kind of funny. Mm-hmm. Um, or it made me chuckle at least when I was like, oh, huh, I see what the, well, I see what she's doing. Yeah. <laughs> um, but uh, so the the author uh, first kind of came up with this idea um, on holiday in Spain because Europe is awesome yeah. <laughs> um, and they actually give people holiday time. I know. Um, after. That. Yeah, yeah. I mean, wouldn't it be great to have a month off every year? <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so so she she was on holiday in Spain, um, and she had this dream about a man in 18th century clothes in Venice uh, in 1992. Mm-hmm. And then in 93, uh, from what I found, she was uh, signed up for like a like a writer's workshop, like at a convention almost. Okay. Um, yeah. Have you ever she, been to one of those like writers? Workshops? I haven't. Typically you have to pay um, not in substantial fees. Cause like, that's how the instructor is making yeah. their living presumably. But like, usually they're like 80 or $90 mm-hmm. like workshop. Fees. I actually went to um, like a, I guess a session at Dragon Con. Um, oh really yeah and um way back before like you know before they had people like timothy zahn giving the the writer's workshop basically yeah Yeah. um this was you know my like first year of college and everything and um it was actually really productive um i wasn't a hundred percent sure what i was expecting um but it was a lot of fun and it, it did get me like you know, once I was done with the whole session and everything, I had a, a pretty full-fledged, like, outline for a story and everything. And, um, yeah, I, I would highly recommend, like, if you have basically the um, the passion and, like, a good idea, uh, I would recommend, like, actually going to one of those things. It was It was a lot of fun, and it was very, like, productive, too. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, <clears throat> at, at least as far as, is um, this work is concerned, um, let, let, let me set the, set the scene for you for, for doing this. Like, just imagine you're, you've never been published, right. And you mm-hmm. just go to this, this, uh, five day writers workshop. Yeah. Um, so she writes a story, a short story called the ladies of grace adieu, which actually is published now. Um, but, uh, it's, it's, uh, about, um, women who practice magic kind of in a coven uh, or a coven. Um, but I I want to say it's set in in like an abbey or a, or a um, convent. Mm -hmm. Um, and then Jonathan Strange shows up and discovers them. Right. Okay. 
I don't know much about it past that because that, that was the summary I was able to get across and I don't have access to it. But mm-hmm. the uh, the teacher was so impressed or the, the instructor was so impressed with with the story that he shared the story with a close personal friend of his, Neil Gaiman, oh. <laughs> um, who Gaiman then said it was terrifying to him to read a first short story so well crafted. Oh, wow. It's like watching someone play piano for the first time and they play a sonata. Um, that's really high that's, praise yeah. coming from someone like that for your first short story. I, I um, know, yeah. Huh. And and like you said, with the length of this novel, she kind of developed this this novel over the course of about ten years. Mm-hmm. Um, so which you can tell because it's it's in my opinion very well crafted, um, yeah. even though it is long in places. Um, I will say also that this novel is very English uh, in it, its tone. It, it is. It is. And um, it definitely has that like writing style akin to um, to like Charles Dickens. Um, uh, a lot of like, you know, the um, Austin, the Austin, Bronte yeah. sisters. Yeah. yeah. So if that's kind of you know your style i would definitely recommend it and everything but if you find those particular works hard to read this might be a um a stepping stone that you would have to get over yeah i i think the um the 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 tone that she uses is kind of difficult to penetrate mm-hmm. um that being said again as an english major who's had to read a lot of 18th and 19th century um, literature um i do not like that style at all but i absolutely love this book uh spoilers for my rating um yeah i i don't know what it is about it but like it's it's not like it's not like reading jane austen even though i can clearly see that's that's the type like in in a scene with the with strange and his wife like mm-hmm. when they're courting um i can totally see that's exactly what she's referencing she's she's writing a, a manners comedy at that yeah. point um but something about this even though there's no magic in a scene like that like it's it's still entertaining to me if that makes sense and i don't know what it is about it mm-hmm. um maybe she worked a spell over this book to make me get over my, <laughs> my dislike of, of uh, 19th century English uh, lit. Yeah. But, um, um, I will, you know, uh, not to get into like reviews anytime quick, but um, I will say that it was kind of hard for me to get over that. It's not my um, yeah uh, style of choice. Um, I don't think it was to a point where it was bad but it just it definitely it's not something you would have picked down. up otherwise yeah. yeah yeah well like so so one of the things that what one of the most common um complaints about that I, I, and i don't know if this messed with you or not like we were talking about yesterday i think you said you've read some pratchett mm-hmm. before with his footnotes yeah um one of the most common complaints of this is, is the sheer amount of footnotes. Yeah. Um, yeah, there's there's uh, someone uh, on the internet counted up and there's 185 footnotes. Jeez. I, I don't know. I, I kind of feel like they add to the world building of it yeah. because like a lot of times they're not they're not like Pratchett where he's like like a uh, 
like a narration insert where he kind of like on Arrested Development where it's like, but actually this character did not know that death was in the room listening very intently, you know? Yeah, it's it's more meant as like a voice of the narrator or a voice of God. Yeah, like it's well, and and in here it's more like um, it's it's more like just referencing quote-unquote historical documents or or events you know Mm -hmm. that didn't happen but i think there's there's a handful of footnotes that are actually longer than the actual (laughs) book on the page like there's two lines from the the actual book but the footnote takes up the majority of the page because it's it's describing this event in detail like it's an actual historical event Mm-hmm. And there's something about that that I, I really like, because again, it's just like, well, you don't have to know this, but this is so you know what they're referencing later when they talk about this. Yeah, and <laughs> um, it's interesting because um, after after I read it, um, I do enjoy sort of like going on Goodreads. I've got a, a Goodreads account. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, uh, where I put down like, you know, the majority of the books that I've read and whatnot. And um, I kind of like reading and seeing, like, what other people have, like, said about the book and everything like that. And um, some people had mentioned that they had read this book on, like, a Kindle or a Nook. Yeah, I got to represent that. um, Yeah, Barnes & Noble Life. Um, And they said it was really hard for the footnotes because you know you're you're scrolling through on a screen and then you have to like scroll back to the footnotes to see like you know what it was referencing and things along those lines so i can see how that's kind of hard if you don't have like a physical copy well i could say like i would never try to read a book like this on on kindle Mm -hmm. uh, or, or nook um i i would if I were to hazard a guess, I feel like the author would probably not want this to be read. Like, I feel like that's a publisher decision. Yeah. That she had no say in, because I, I feel like she's the type of person given this work that would be like, no, you need to read this physically. <laughs> yeah, because, I mean, the book did come out in 2004. And I think yeah. that was kind of like during the height of the, like, online it was you know when yeah it's, it's coming out right and... right on the verge of it yeah mm-hmm. i would where, say uh where i don't think they had like the they didn't have a great understanding of like how to format digital copies and stuff like that so they, yeah you know i definitely give some leeway to like new budding technology and stuff like that and i feel like you know, this book was probably a, um, effect was affected by some of that, um, technology and everything. Oh, probably. Yeah. 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 Well, and it's funny. I, cause I was also looking at, at reviewers and stuff. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I came across was that the sheer number of people that compare this to Harry Potter is kind yeah, of weird. It is. Because people it's were saying not like... at all. <laughs> Yeah, I saw a lot of people describing it as like this, like the grown-up Harry Potter story and stuff like that. And See, I don't think it is. I, yeah, I think, I think it's people more may, historical than yeah, or like people may just kind of like compare it because like oh, it's it's British or you know yeah, it's English and there's some magicians. <laughs> yeah, it's it's strange, 
but it's also really weird. Um, it, I, I'm not sure if you saw this uh, when you were looking at reviews, uh, but it seems like people are very polarized about this particular work. Yes. It, either people love it or people absolutely just like hate it. Um, I really didn't find that like middle ground. It, there like, was, yeah, there was very little that I saw that was just like, eh. Yeah. <laughs> where it's like, this is okay. But um, yeah, it's just, I don't know. It was kind of strange to sort well, of like, see that. So it, it wasn't as surprising um, if you if you think about like how how dense um, this book is mm-hmm. and the types of like literary references that she's making just by by writing in the way that she is, um, I can definitely see someone who's not familiar with with those tropes and, and the genres that she's referencing and being like, this is dumb. I, I do not like this. Yeah. <laughs> um, one out of 10 would not read again. Yeah. Cause I mean, it's also written in the style that I will, it's, it's not written like an early novel, but um, it's, it's written in the style of a 19th century English work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, there there are some sentences that go on for half a page <laughs> yeah i mean there there are just like paragraphs that are just yeah long. And... but but it's also to me it's not it's not done because it, it like they're not written that way because it's a new author who doesn't know how to write they're written like that to to emulate the style um of novel she like they're 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 purposely um obfuscating i guess <laughs> they're they're they're, they're purpo- uh, purposely written in a way to be complex and um to kind of put you in the the mindset of the feeling of someone reading something in the 19th century yeah um, which can definitely be a, either a turn off or a turn on for people um I can I can definitely see there not being very many people who are in the middle on this book. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, um, but you know, I also just I really enjoyed sort of the um, magic system. I really enjoyed yeah. that, like you know, at, at first. So you know, to kind of give a um, I guess a brief uh, summary of this book, um, magic's kind of not practiced anymore. Um, it's it's more of the study of magic where a lot of people are in the field of just kind of like getting tombs of like you know books that talk about you know magic as yeah. a whole and everything yeah. along those lines and which um, i like yeah um I like I, to that. me that that comments to me on also like in in a real world analog um in the in the 19th century there were a lot of like explorers clubs or scientific mm-hmm. clubs right and they Where you're not from like being... exactly a scientist but you can you know sort of talk about like the practice right. of science and stuff yeah well well like a lot of times it would be not people discussing new discoveries that they themselves have made but people like critiquing and kind of adding to that that body of knowledge like in an academic way mm-hmm. rather than a like a, a practical way um 
so yeah, like, like you said, the just the the fact that there are people who call themselves magicians yeah. in this world and they don't actually practice magic, they just collect these books. Yeah. Um is hilarious to me. Um I Yeah, like it's it's something that I've never seen in, in a book before and I I found that hilarious. <laughs> yeah. Um, and um you know you can really like if if this was the world you could really like slot yourself into this world like it's not that far of a stretch um yeah. uh, having these particular clubs like you said there there's these you know explorers clubs and stuff like that um and then you know um yeah in it's it's a very interesting like debate about like magic and it ends up like debating about like the use of magic like because the debate doesn't become like is magic good or bad i don't think that's really you know the topic of of discussion i think it's more a topic of like chaos versus order yeah it's you know there's definitely this debate about like when you do magic are you like causing particular chaos conflict like um like warps in reality and stuff like that or like is it better yeah. that we don't practice magic um it's it's really interesting and it's definitely you know well yeah like one of the themes in this that I, like i would argue like you were saying is is um the balance between like uh madness and reason mm-hmm I guess right rather than than order and chaos like I, I would say like madness and reason yeah um because you don't ever really like you see the after effects of the magic but she doesn't really go into detail in them casting magic yeah like, it's, it's, it's kind never, of happens mm-hmm. it's not like yeah. hard magic like you know with brandon samerson um there's a lot of like oh this is how magic functions this is like the um materials sort of like the stimulus that you or stimulize that you need for like you know casting magic and stuff like that Um, yeah yeah so it's it's definitely um it's more of like the repercussions um and you know there's um a scene that's i think really interesting um it's during like the napoleon wars and um it's the king trying to force, I think, um, Norwell, I believe, um, to... Uh, yeah, Mr. Norrell. Yeah. yeah. Um, to raise enemy soldiers from the dead to, like, give information and stuff like that. And then, Oh, no, no, that's, that scene specifically is strange. Strange, okay. Sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and um, it's, it's really interesting because, like, you have this, like, moral conflict and everything like that, like, about using magic for this particular like going against nature or you know going against like not god but like you know the the flow of of life and nature and stuff yeah Yeah. well and and um since we're we're getting into that yeah sorry i didn't mean to like jump and stuff like that um no 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 because i mean it's that like these are these are like book club discussions but um but yeah let's let, let's just you know put up the spoiler wall here even though we've 
we've uh, spoiled, <laughs> spoiled some, some other things, yeah. Already, but I mean, like I, like at this point, you know, just to reiterate, we assume that you've read this book before, <laughs> or or at least tried to read this book, <laughs> or tried to read this book. Um, yeah, because like the the book itself is is ba- broken up into three sections. Um, Mr. Norrell, Jonathan mm-hmm. Strange, and John S. Glass. Yeah. Um, and one of the, one of the the complaints that I came across with this is uh, someone complaining that it was overwhelmingly complex. Um, so I kind of put on my English major hat and have summarized all of the 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 works. Oh, nice. Right? <laughs> um, so hopefully that that'll help with the discussion. But um, because yeah. yeah, like they, you know, it's over a thousand pages in paperback. Yeah, and uh, I'm I'm it's, really it's, interested. It's, to sort of get your field because you're the one who kind of chose this book yeah 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 i i'm really interested in kind of well so so, why you wanted to pick this particular book yeah 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 so um the the uh uh first section mr norrell Mm -hmm. um the book itself starts off in 1806 yeah Um, there's a lot of time jumping around here like it there is bands um Quite yeah, it spans many. about 10, 15 years, I think. Yeah. Which... 10, 10, 15 years, yeah. Was it? You know. Okay. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there's a lot going on in there's that period yeah. of of time in general. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the story itself, like we were uh, referencing earlier, starts off with uh, the quote-unquote Learned Society of York Magicians, right? Yeah. <clears throat> um, Norrell himself is a practical magician, like we've, we've said. And I do think it's it's hilarious that he shuts down the entire society except for one uh, magician who did not agree. Because the, the way he does it is he basically says, um, look, I can actually do magic. You have no right to call yourself magicians. Yeah. And, um, and what? Oh, sorry. Oh, I, and, and uh, I can prove it to you. Uh, if I can prove it to you, you have to no longer... Uh, practice magic or collect tomes and you can no longer call yourself a magician and everyone in the group agrees to it because no one has seen a practical magician yeah um, and, and the thing is <laughs> um noel has um has this massive library of just books and he's definitely the like learned magician where he you know, spent time just like learning, uh, pouring over these tomes, practicing. And um, yeah, it's, it's a very like, you know, not to go into D&D, but I could definitely see him as like a wizard. He is like, yeah, the standard sort of like wizard where he gains his magic through knowledge. Well, and and something that helps is just the enormous amount of money. Yeah, because like <laughs> they they make a big class. deal when they they uh, introduce the York magicians, and like that entire society has access to like five books. Mm-hmm. Um, Norrell has an estate that is mainly library, and it is packed with books. <laughs> so, yeah. um, it, it like. Like pretty much everything that's ever been written, uh, he has a copy of. He even has like a like a restricted section. We'll see later of of things that it's just like, mm, mm, yeah, this is stuff about like raising people from the dead, necromancy, and stuff. 
yeah, maybe maybe you shouldn't have those particular books. <laughs> yeah. yeah, which is funny because it, it oh, in the the way that he demonstrates magic is he makes all the statuary and gargoyles in a church come to life, mm-hmm. um, which is a very like cool scene. Yeah, because I mean he's not even there; he's in his drawing room casting this spell, and it's presumably several miles away (laughs) and it still affects it um but uh but john segundus is the name of the guy who did not agree to this so he can still call himself a magician um and he he comes up several points during the book uh, itself Mm -hmm. um usually in minor ways but the um since i i brought up necromancy um when Norrell goes to England, uh, he gets kind of entangled in these political machinations uh, to kind of get power for himself, I guess. Um, mm-hmm. And he, through circumstances, um, actually resurrects a member of Parliament's wife. And the way yeah. he does this, because he, magicians can't actually do anything like that. Like, he's very clear of like, look, I'll try, but... Um, yeah, this is... It's not something he can do himself. He has to deal with a fairy. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, like, my my parenthetical in this section of the notes is, don't deal with fairies. They're better at deals than you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And this is sort of like when I, I felt um, a calling back to, again, uh, Dresden Files and everything like that with, you know, dealing yeah. with those particular, like, fairies and whatnot. So yeah yeah but yeah he um he successfully you know deals with the fairy he he gives the fairy lady half of lady walpole or lady uh, pole's life um yeah and so <laughs> yeah what I, I i don't know what like i'm sure the way that it was worded in it's been several months since i've read this but the the way the deal works is i believe that norrell thinks that he means yeah if she has 50 years left 25 of those are mine and she's going to die in 25 years yeah that's not what he means because he's a fairy yeah he, what he means is that i will slowly drive her insane because during the day she'll be up doing her life but at night she's mine and so we dance at my grand parties yeah in my so castle in the face <laughs> she gets no sleep whatsoever and then she starts going slowly like mad um yeah just because again like she won't be able to uh to sleep and um she has to deal with all these like fairy politics in this whole like court and everything like that because it's the fairy court yeah and and she start like she's also spelled by um the in the book they call him the man with the thistle down hair um yeah. I, I just have him in my notes as thistle down mm-hmm. um it, basically thistle down is is like stuffing so it just means like white um so he like he look like and the reason that's commented on is because it looks very strange because he looks like a bone <laughs> yeah it's um, kind of interesting um i'm not 100 percent sure i enjoy the way that they kind of portray him um I oh feel... you don't like the uh the like foppish like court dandy i, I do but i i feel like it's a i don't know i just feel like it's not i feel like it's a misrepresentation on people like that 
um, that like he's very, very villainified, like because he is kind of dandyish, and um, I'm not a hundred percent behind that. Oh well, so he, um, I didn't get that takeaway. Like I, I think that he's villainous because he's he's a fairy and inhuman. Mm-hmm. Um, because like there's there are other characters that pop up in court. Um, that are not portrayed as, as villainous. Hmm. Um, yeah, and I mean, it just my personal... Sure, sure, yeah. Yeah, uh, a feel and everything like that. Um, but, but yeah, yeah, I just, I don't know. Uh, not well, a and also, like, if she's... Yeah, like, if she's also writing from the... Um, the style of English lit from that era, like what you may be picking up on is that he's also very sexually ambiguous because he's, he's not human. Yeah. Um, and, and so you I know, feel I, like I, there's some of that that bleeds in there, but, but yeah, like I tip point taken, like that's not great if that's what she was doing. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't I, feel like that's what she's doing. I feel like she's using like that, that lens of literature to, um, emulate how English lit would uh, kind of focus on the other and focus on the the different aspects of if you were not English. <laughs> um, yeah, and, of... and maybe maybe it was that kind of interpretation, but yeah, I, I, I felt yeah. like yeah, because it was you know he's or not even it's he it's the person is you know. Um, non-gendered very um i guess for lack of better term dandy and um and you know it's it's like villainified but with that kind of like aspect to him because that's what makes him a villain and they just or not him the person a villain um and i i don't know it just it it kind of didn't sit super well with me um yeah but again my own kind of personal opinion and right right you know it was interesting too like a lot of the women in this story were just kind of like i don't know damsels in distressed yep there were yep yeah and again i think that goes back to the style that she's writing about okay though, and again too. like maybe it's because i haven't read a lot of like that particular style but it just I don't know. It just leaves like a yeah. a sour taste in my mouth, and um, it's just a little hard for me to digest. But sure, yeah. But you know, it, again, you know, I I don't want to keep on making this justification, but it it is my opinion. Yeah. So it, yeah, it well, opinion. and and I mean the the um the the interesting thing about this book i think is that and this is probably what a lot of the people who compare it to harry potter are are pulling from is that there are um like line drawing illustrations um Mm -hmm. spread out throughout the book so so if listeners are interested uh to to see what we're we're talking about like the the man with thistle down hair is is illustrated uh, at several points in the Mm -hmm. book so you can kind of see exactly what she was envisioning <laughs> yeah um oh okay yeah i haven't i guess seen illustrations and stuff but... oh yeah, yeah yeah there's um 
Yeah, they're, they're in the book. They're, I think there's like one or two per section. Mm. Um, and they... Kind um, of yeah, and, and I don't know if... if uh, yeah, like either you know pages get stuck together or whatever because like they're they're set up like they would be in a novel from the time so it's like just that on mm-hmm. the page yeah. um so it's it's very easy to skip but um in my opinion they're not very good but also again if you're talking about emulating style it looks like something from a notebook that someone would have sketched out yeah um but yeah the the other thing with with lady pole is that she because she's not ever sleeping she starts acting crazy like you said um Mm -hmm. and and crazy in the sense of of what a 19th century english novel would describe as crazy yeah Mm -hmm. uh she's also spelled by thistledown so that when she tries to speak about where she goes at night she just talks about fairy tales that are nonsensical yeah (laughs) um and to me i think maybe she's literally telling a tale from the fae like she's telling fairy tales but they're they're literally stories for fairies yeah i kind of thought that (laughs) um which is really interesting but but yeah that that's about the breadth of that like is is a lot of it is is norrell um trying to make his way in english society and he see he gets this opportunity and makes this deal with a fae um the second section uh, jonathan strange uh, does fast forward uh three years so this is 1809 um strange who is an idle gentleman oh uh, that's the other thing in this i wanted to, to briefly touch on is and i think you mentioned it earlier is the the class disparity yeah um so mr norrell is not nobility mm. Um, he is like, even though he's extremely wealthy, um, he gets land granted to him. So he's part of the landed gentry. Whereas Jonathan Strange is actually part of the noble class. Um, but he's almost destitute. Like his, his, um, his land and whole, which was not uncommon for the time for, you know, merchants and, you know, nouveau riche people to actually be more wealthy than what you would assume would be the wealthier person (laughs) but but that was not always the case so yeah jonathan strange is actually a class rank higher than mr norrell um even though he's not technically as good as a a magician but really that that's about access like he just doesn't have the access to the and and he's got more of like the knack for magic um, yes. Yeah. I would again going back to D and D because it's always D and D. Oh, it's be... fantasy. Like so, you have you like you can't help but draw comparisons to D and D. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he would be more of your like sorcerer class, where yeah, it, it's more of like an innate ability to cast magic. Um, sorcerer, where... maybe warlock, depending, uh, depending. Yeah. <laughs> 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 depending on your reading of of the last bit <laughs> uh, yeah yeah <laughs> yeah but but yeah he's just kind of a uh like an idle gentleman um and to me it seems like he just becomes a magician because he's like oh ho ho what's this <laughs> <laughs> magic um, okay <laughs> and and you know he's he has a di- different temperament mr norrell is very 
like like his name kind of implies and in, in that it sounds like gnarly like he's not very personable um mm, he's yeah. very awkward like there's there's a scene where he's like at a party and he instead of like hobnobbing with people because like his goal is to get ahead in society he breaks off and starts reading a book by himself <laughs> in this person's house and, and you know <laughs> it's it's funny because like i can i know like a bunch of people who would be like that <laughs> yeah yeah i mean depending on on my level of depression that day or not like that could very well be me <laughs> um but yeah like jonathan strange is is much different temperament he's very charismatic and very which again goes back to sorcerer slash warlock Mm-hmm. like he's yeah. he's does have a very uh, he has that charismatic error about him air energy yeah, yeah. exactly mm-hmm. um and and so he has different views on magic um and the raven king which mm. the raven king is one of the um english magicians that they bring up see even in my summary i i have to go back and re-explain things in previous summaries. Yeah. Um, so in the first section, they, they in passing, uh, in a footnote, I think, bring up um, some of the the great English magicians from, from like, medieval times. Yeah, right? and this and is And the like, Raven King is one of them. Yeah, um, this is, like, the end-all, the be-all sort of um, yeah. uh, magician. Yeah. Which, it's funny, The um, one of the things I like is that over the course of the the book i i don't know if it's in the first section or if it's in the the second section but whenever they talk about why none of these great magicians wrote any any text of magic themselves um they bring up the fact that they like to a person were all illiterate self-taught magicians (laughs) yeah like they would not have put down anything in any way that someone would be able to yeah um which is interesting yeah but yeah and and the raven king is this kind of historical figure that comes up because there are references to like you know the raven king having been human but having commanded armies of fey and like this part of england is the raven king's domain yeah and like, like he's yeah it's like the the north which would be you know like the border between scotland and england um i don't know a huge amount of scottish english history so i don't know at this point in time if if um well i'm fairly certain that they were still subjects of england at this time but Mm -hmm. yeah like i I don't know how all that breaks down um and what she's referencing there um that that bit of history is kind of obscured to me but but uh there's a reference to the raven king being like this superstitious um not not really religion more like superstition uh in the northern part of the country yeah we don't really like to talk about it it's very hush hush sort of yeah thing. um so yeah with with uh, strange he has different views on magic and on on the raven king and his role in in human fey relations because the raven king is a character that that was able to go back and forth between fairy and human uh, mm-hmm. worlds um and so he becomes <clears throat> uh norrell's student so norrell also hides information from from strange yeah um, because i mean he can sort of see like his um passion or you know his obsession yeah yeah well and this is also um 
kind of kind of like uh, academics with with research. Um, like I get the sense more he's hiding information from Strange because he, like Norrell at his heart, wants to hoard um, information. Like he mm. wants to be the sole arbiter of who is good enough to access this and who who should be able to access that. Yeah. Um, which I find it funny, like you said, because strange is is more of a sorcerer this just makes him better accidentally because he has to instead like instead of knowing the proper quote-unquote way to do things he just kind of has to make it up as he goes along yeah it's because he doesn't have access to the tools so again he's a better magician yeah because like he's making it up as he's going like he's in (laughs) robbing yeah and and i mean this this section is the longest um i think because the this section also goes into strange helping with the the war effort on the peninsula mm-hmm. quote unquote which at the time would have meant spain and portugal um and he actually works directly with wellington against napoleon yeah um the scene that you mentioned earlier where he resurrects dead uh napolitans neapolitans mm-hmm. for information yeah uh is one of like it's dark it but it's also very very funny to me because because of the footnote like the footnote changes the entire tone of that section mm-hmm. um because yeah it it um uh let's see so uh yeah strange resurrects the neapolitans for information but he can't make them go away <laughs> um the footnote says just to release the dead you know you just take the tongue out right yeah but he doesn't know how to get rid of them so they just They're lock just them all into a windmill and then they burn them yeah which like is that's one again. way to do it but but yeah like does that mean if the tongue is destroyed like are they are these bones not able to communicate but they're just sentient now like <laughs> yeah it's you really start wondering and again it's and that's kind of like what makes this story um at least the book really good is like the just the magic and everything it's like it's really interesting and it's it's just kind of really interesting how how everything kind of uh plays out and everything yeah yeah well and and this section is interesting to me because it's like the a, a lot of times especially with with literature in at the time period you'd have you know the disgraced nobleman or or broke nobleman who like goes off on adventures and finds his way or whatever mm-hmm. and strange kind of does that like he goes to war yeah. <laughs> and practices magic like doing things like um you know a lot of the armies were marching on unpaved roads where you know he would basically pave the road making them their their travel go quicker mm-hmm. um like thing, things like that that you wouldn't think of necessarily unless you were actually there doing it yeah um, it's it's a lot of these sort of um just everyday conveniences that magic you know yeah well like and with. it's it's because he is like rather than nor like if Nora were there i think it would be a very different situation because strange is more personable mm-hmm. he's like look I can do magic. Uh, I don't know what you need. Yeah. Uh, when he's talking with Wellington and Wellington's like, well, I need my men to get from A to B faster. And 
<laughs> and he's not like, get oh. stuck in the mud. And he's like, uh, let me work on that. Yeah. <laughs> like it's and actually it, because he's willing to talk to other people that he's, he's able to think outside the box. And because Norrell hid information from him, he can kind of make things up as he goes. Yeah. Um, and it's <laughs> kind of interesting because like when people think of magic, everybody thinks of like pew, pew, fireball, you know um yeah this is not that that. (laughs) yeah magic can definitely you know be used in other sort of um aspects and you know like just everyday sort of life aspects and it's interesting um i know that burning wheel has a lot of uh like their magic system is a lot of just like just everyday convenience life magic which is interesting um as a magician like you know i think you'd be more um more well liked or more um in need if your magic could like make crops grow faster or you know build a house instead of you know the normal magician that we think of the long beard and like shooting fire out of their fingers and whatnot yeah yeah exactly Mm -hmm. um which, yeah, now that you bring it up, yeah, Burning Wheel is a perfect analogy for what these magicians actually operate like. Mm-hmm. Um, like, they're they're 100% what I would envision. Because, like, you know, there's, there's some offensive spells in, yeah. in, uh, in Burning Wheel, but a lot of it is you making up things that you want to do. And it's like, okay, you make these series of linked tests. Yeah. And did you make it work? Okay. Then it <laughs> that then it happens. happens. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's not like, you know, and flaming spear or whatever. It's like, yeah, I'm, I'm going to heat up the heat up the air and make it go this way. Like, and, and it's a much more involved com- complex process than just, I attack the darkness with my wand yeah. <laughs> or with, uh, my, with the magic missile. <laughs> and the thing is, you know, with burning wheel there was always consequences to your magic too like yeah magic wasn't just a um a one-way street where you know you did something and it happened there was always some sort of consequences and you know in this book i also feel like with magic with their magic there's always sort of like a consequence or a trade-off or something yeah. along those lines which side note didn't you have a magic user that accidentally summoned a demon uh in burning wheels yeah yeah (laughs) yeah and it didn't go well yeah (laughs) um i was trying to get i don't know information or something along those lines and you know it's it's making a a deal and again like fey and demons that's you know in they're better at it than yeah (laughs) and <laughs> i guess yeah in like terms uh literature terms and stuff like that they've had hundreds of years of practice like mm-hmm. you know compared to your like what 18 years of dealing yeah so so yeah um i guess never make a deal with a devil or with a fae <laughs> yeah that's that's the big takeaway from this that, that should be the big takeaway um <laughs> Because they're yeah, going to be better so, than you, and um, it's not going to be what you're thinking. It, it almost certainly will not be. <laughs> um, 
Yeah. So, so uh, after after this section, um, the the other things of note that happen in here is that Strange visits George the Third, mm-hmm. uh, cannot heal his madness, but he does save him from Thistledown. Yeah. Um, Strange then returns to war, uh, helps defeat Napoleon at Waterloo, uh, and then which is still completely bloody from what I remember. Yeah, yeah. It's I mean it's still a brutal war like strange isn't doing things like hurling fireballs at the mm-hmm. enemy he's he's doing things like you know stopping this guy's um, leg from falling off yeah and like, he's, or like he's doing background scenes or like making it rain just over the enemy so they their view is obstructed yeah um, or it's muddy and yeah mm-hmm um, like he's doing background things, that, but he's still in the midst of all this combat, um, which is interesting. Yeah, um, I, I think is, you know, really uh, cool. Like, again, you know, going back to my comment of like magic for different sake of magic, not like yeah. always combat magic. Right, right. Um, but uh, but in, in the end, while, while Strange has been in... Uh, on the continent fighting this war norrell has written drafted his own like treatise of of theories on um, magic matters Mm -hmm. um so when strange gets back and reads it he publishes a review of norrell's theories and tears it apart so it their differing opinions kind of push them into enemies at this point Mm -hmm. Like not like fighting enemies, but enemies. like socially, enemies. yeah, yeah. Um, Which so, is again very, I guess, British is. You know, yeah, I mean, it falls under that, uh, like a manners comedy or a social comedy, mm-hmm. where where two people are are put pit against each other. Yeah, that used to be usually like, minor reasons. <laughs> if we're like, being honest, yeah, and it's like usually people who were like colleagues at one point who share a, yeah. a similar interest yeah um but fate has sort of divided them right right yeah and um the the other things of note is that so the the public becomes either a norolite or a strangeite yeah it becomes very um polarized yeah um and then uh i couldn't Arabella. imagine that Sorry. um <laughs> oh yeah yeah hard to imagine politicization politicization yeah. um but uh so arabella who is uh, strange's wife uh disappears and then reappears sick and weak and quote-unquote dies um yeah but what's actually happened is that she was kidnapped by thistledown and then replaced with a simulacrum that dies yeah um, which is odd yeah yeah it's um it's definitely one of the things, like you said, that that adds to the damsel in distress thing. I yeah. I feel like Arabella's more competent than that type of character would be. In, yeah, um, it just I don't time. know, but um, it's still kind of an issue. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, in the the last section, John Esclass, um, which is named after the raven king at this point i think they've they've revealed that jonas glass is his name mm-hmm. uh, uh, this happens in 1816 so we fast forward seven years um and it it follows strange 
doing what I think is really interesting. He experiments with purposely making himself crazy so that he can travel to fairy or summon a fairy because yeah. he doesn't know how to summon them. Yeah. Uh, Norl does, but but that's one of the things that um, he's kept hidden away from Strange. And so Strange is like, well, fairy is the antithesis of reason and is chaos so i have to make myself go insane to be able to contact them yeah Um, which is really interesting yeah i think yeah um oh oh well and ultimately he he is able to do it like he so he discovers that his wife is alive she's just stuck in thistledown's castle called lost hope Mm -hmm. um through a variety of means um he is eventually cursed in eternal darkness with Norl. Um, Thistledown is destroyed. Arabella is rescued, uh, but Norl and Strange are stuck. Uh, Strange promises his wife that he will return when he can dispel the darkness. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's the book. Like, like the, the people that, that like, I, I don't want to insult anyone, but the reviews that I read that said that this was, overwhelmingly complex like that was like three pages of notes i mean i'm i'm going over a lot of stuff but a lot of stuff like in a manners comedy is largely inconsequential and it's largely internal and it doesn't move the actual yeah and i think that's where um some of the problems come with yeah i feel like i've you know i read like 20 pages of Again, you know, it's it's humorous, like, you know, it's meant to be humorous and everything, but it doesn't, like, really drive the plot, so... Right. Um, it, it feels not like a waste of time, but, like, I, I wish that an editor would have, like, kind of combed <laughs> through this book and... Yeah, and see, that's and an like, aspect of it. Oh... A thousand pages. Mm, maybe we could probably cut this down to maybe five hundred pages. But like, well, so, like the, so that's an aspect of it I'm not familiar with. Like, I don't know if when she got signed, they were just like, "Yeah, uh, here's your." Like, I I have a feeling that she got a better deal than most first time authors, given mm-hmm. that her writing teacher gave her work to Neil Gaiman and he gave it such a glowing review. Yeah, and maybe somebody was a little hesitant to kind of like comb through it because they were worried that they were going to take out like you know, important parts and everything. You know, parts that were um, um, that put it all together because like, you know, it's like building a bridge. If you take out one part, it might end up being the keystone and just like the entire thing falls apart but right. i do think like a good editor would have excelled this book um yeah and uh, you know it, it was so i loved the world i loved like the building i loved like the philosophy of magic i loved the contrast between like sane and um crazy like chaotic um aspects of it and i really enjoyed um norwell and strange's like um relationship you know their their relationship between each other um their relationship as like strange being the apprentice and then ending up kind of like 
you know, doing his own thing and becoming like his own like big entity. Right. So I, I really like again enjoyed all of that. Um it was some of the other aspects that um kind of drew me out of the world. Um again, you know, I kind of touched upon them during this review, but you know, I'm not a big fan of how the female characters were portrayed. Um sure. I definitely felt like they had damsel in distress syndrome, which yeah. You know, isn't the greatest um it's not um again i like i i feel like like i was saying with with thistledown um and this isn't to excuse it because like if this were written like a modern novel it would be like okay well that's a little bit much but given the style that she's writing in i i feel like it's intentional mm -hmm. um just because it's it's a a trope of that style um i don't agree with it but like i can see why you would make the decision to do that i, I mean the argument can also be made that well she's added magic so why not take that out like and that's a fair point yeah <laughs> you have ma magicians running around and you're acting like it's real you could probably take out damsels in distress and you know not yeah. other theory but on the other hand, fairies are not human. <laughs> and, like they're they're antithetical to this plane of existence, right? Um, and you know, um, I understand that she's trying to write like in a um, you know Jane Austen, uh, Charles Dickens sort of like um, type of writing, and right, right, you know, it does come across, but there's you know some aspects of their writing that i'm not super thrilled with and everything so um right. that could kind of like bleed into my meh feeling towards um gotcha yeah towards it but again you know not to um keep on harping about this but these are my opinions um yeah i don't yeah. claim to be like right or anything along those lines yeah i mean and me neither do i like the you know you you'll either i'm interested to see what you graded this because like you said there's there's not a whole lot of eh. <laughs> uh i i feel like this is either going to be an a or a b or a, a or an f <laughs> no and, and that's that's the thing is like I, what do you want to go on the gradings or did you want to do um... oh yeah like so just just to sum up my feelings i think i've been mm -hmm. fairly open i i do really like this uh, i can see definitely where it's uh troubling in some aspect or or like i understand why someone would not like this um i i like the humor and like i i think it's funny uh despite my dislike of the types of books that she's emulating. Mm -hmm. um, I like the darkness in it because it, it is like, it's presented in a way that makes it seem fun and, and um, like, Oh yeah, like this is Harry Potter, but then underneath the surface, there's a whole lot of darkness, yeah. <laughs> um, which I like. And I, I do really like the, the large amount of world building that's happening mm -hmm. uh, just because like, yeah english society at the time yeah like 
there were magicians running around and everyone knew about it. It's not like there's a secret world that like only children can access and go to school. Like, <laughs> like yeah. And it's much I, different than that. Mm-hmm. And I agree a hundred percent with that. Like, you know, it's, it's really nice to have like the magic world fully known. Like, yeah. you know, it's not like the secret, um, uh, yeah. Um, school or something along those lines. Which it also means that it, you know, there's 185 footnotes because I'm, I know the first time I read it, I was just like, wait, what? There's just people practicing magic and they're cool with it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, so yeah, like there's a lot of footnoting and, and stuff and asides that, that crop up because she's also having to be like, yeah, yeah. And these people weren't burned at the stake for practicing magic openly. Yeah. (laughs) Um, but yeah, what, so, so my, my grade would be a plus. I like, Oh, okay. Uh, I've read this multiple times. Um, I mean, not very many multiple times, by multiple times. I mean, like I read it once when it came out in Mm -hmm. when I was in college, (laughs) I read it, (laughs) I read it once. Yeah. Like I read it once right after I got out of grad school and then I read it for this, um so like there's multiple years in between readings um it's it's one that i don't think i'll read again for reasons that i'll bring up later but uh but it's uh yeah like for for me it's a plus and i do recommend it to people who are interested in fantasy from kind of a humorous perspective as well um Mm -hmm. or people who are interested in alternate history yeah, um, so I'm actually in the middle camp. I, I would give it a C. Um, really? Mm-hmm. Yeah. The thing, so you're you're one of the, the few people that are just kind of like, eh. <laughs> yeah, so it is long. It's definitely a long book. Um, and you should kind of go into it knowing that's a long book. And I had to read this book in, like, chunks. So, you know, um, I kind of got into a habit where late at night I would read, like, 100 pages. And um, it's definitely one of those books where one of those chunks you could feel like, oh, I didn't get anything from it oh okay yeah no that makes sense yeah if if you're reading it um because i, didn't I can definitely anything. see that being frustrating too of being like well i read i just read 100 pages and like nothing happened <laughs> yeah and you know i'm not um a super big fan of um you know that elizabethan era um i enjoy it i enjoy the writing i understand you know historically why people like it and why we you know learn about it and why we read those particular um i guess great novels and everything like that but um it's not my favorite style um yeah i I mean i usually and you know i do fluctuate between different reading styles and stuff like that but i know personally my kind of like go-to is a little bit more um i guess accessible reading where it's you know it's your like 
Jim Butcher, your Brandon Samerson, your um, uh, Neil Gaiman, who again are not. I don't want to like. I don't want to take away from their writing, but like it's a little bit of an easier read. Like you know, yeah, it's more accessible. Yeah, and especially most of them write in. Um, from an American standard. And, you know, I can easily um, relate to that. Where in this book, it was a little bit more difficult to. Um, but, and then the other uh, reasons, the uh, Dressled um, um, person and then the, um, the women writing. Uh, but I really enjoyed sort of like the thought, like when there was a focus on actual magic or like the philosophy of magic or you know um like the napoleon wars was really interesting it was really kind of jarring um but it made me feel something and it made me think about magic in a an interesting way which i really enjoyed i really enjoyed like the philosophical debates around magic um I really enjoyed sort of the fairy court, like the phase um, perspective yeah. in this. Uh, particular... I kind of want to know more about the phase. Yeah, like if if there was like a, I feel like. I mean, I feel like that's intentional too, though. Just yeah, like, that they're going to tell you a whole lot. <laughs> yeah, because they're mysterious, they're unknown, they're. But like, I I would really be interested in sort of like diving deeper into that. Um, I will say, like, you know, the footnotes didn't really throw me. Like, you know, um, occasionally I would read them. Occasionally, sometimes I would skip them. Like, you know, if if I was really into a scene, I would read them. But, like, if I was kind of meh, I'd be like, well, I'm just going to yeah. continue reading them. And, yeah. <laughs> you know, I didn't feel like there was anything missed there. But, yeah, I, I feel like, so, I would... I don't know if I would recommend it. I would recommend it with a caveat. I would recommend yeah. it with like a, this is going to be a, a commitment. It's going to definitely be a, a long book that you're going to have to commit some time to and everything. Um, yeah. Like this would be, it, it's, it's like um, burning wheel. Like you're, you're going to have to push yourself to get through it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Ultimately, I think it's, it's worth the push but you know that yeah. varies person to person like, yes yeah and yeah. i think um you know you would have to sort of know that person on a person by person basis if like that was their thing like if you know i was talking to a friend who reads like three books a year or something like that who enjoys magic who enjoys like fantasy and stuff like that i'd probably be like eh, you might want to read something else uh, yeah but yeah. if you have somebody who like you know is constantly reading who enjoys literature who you know has gone through like maybe a um i guess like a literature class or something like that i think that this would be something that would in excite them you know it would be something yeah. that got them thinking because there are parts in this book that really like got me thinking about things got me thinking about like magic and how it's 
you know, there's a lot of trade-offs. Magic isn't like the end-all, the be-all. Um, and yeah, yeah. So again, you know, as I'm kind of talking about it, I would give it probably a little bit of a C plus, maybe. C plus. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because again, it's it's not bad. It isn't, but it's just. I just wish it wasn't so long. <laughs> that's that's kind of my thing. Is just like I really wish that like there was an editor there who was like, let's let's just kind of take out some of this stuff. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's really funny whenever because like i i did it with um uh isaac asimov uh in talking about the the book you, you give it a higher grade yeah i mean because i mean i didn't enjoy well, actually, it actually i did kind of like it and I, I thought this was cool i guess yeah i mean the world is cool like yeah the world is interesting um she builds a really like complex system um there's a lot of thought in like magic and stuff like that it's just you know there's some parts that just didn't sit with me right and then right just some parts that were just like this is long and like <laughs> doesn't really need to be this long yeah it's like i don't really need to hear about these interactions at this party like yeah like Carl doesn't care about it why do i why do i yeah do i need to pull out another book and like read it in the corner until this party is done <laughs> i don't know so um well yeah well so so um speaking of uh mm-hmm. the not wanting to read it so <laughs> the reason i probably will not read this again is because normally in this section we would have a like let's cast this movie type thing luckily the bbc has already done that um and i would highly recommend and it's only like six episodes so it's a very quick watch so um i remember when you recommended this book to me you told me about this um this series and like i was trying to look around for it do you know if there's any sort of like streaming service or? Uh, well, we watched it on Netflix, but okay. we did watch it a while ago. But um, um, I mean, it it presumably would be accessible if you have access to BBC America. Um, uh, yeah, I don't. Know I will. If they have I'll have to look there. around for it because I, you know, after reading the book, I'm interested in the series. Well, so um, the the book is because they they leave out all all the footnotes and all the bullshit that doesn't really matter um yeah it's it's six episodes um it's, which is nice it is really... six episodes and like how many um i guess how they're about an hour a piece okay so in terms of script I, like i don't know what that would translate to in novel form but in script form that's about um it's a page a minute so 360 uh no that's too early what is that math mm-hmm. math for me um I, what's what's <laughs> what's 60 times six uh um uh, 12 1200 no no 100 no <laughs> whatever uh. It's, it's, I might cut this. Whatever. It's it's, it's just too early for math. <laughs> yeah, we both have been kind of meh. Yeah. No, it is three sixty. It is three sixty. Okay. 
Okay. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it's um, it's not very long in terms of of shows, um, but like there's some info they cut, like I said, like the footnotes and stuff. But yeah. honestly, it's probably the best adaptation of any work I've ever seen. Okay. Yeah. See, um, and it's, it's I'm very sure close. they probably went with like you know somebody who could edit, and they're like, well, let's edit this stuff out, and you know, yeah. Uh, um, so yeah, yeah I mean, I'm actually, I'm actually really interested in um, in watching the uh, the series. Like you know, I'm still going to um, even though we're done with this uh, this particular episode, I'm still probably going to go back and watch those episodes, especially since it's only like six episodes. I think that's very. Yeah, I mean, you could knock that out in a weekend. Yeah. <laughs> it's it's very easy to do like i think we watched it over the course of a week because it was just like while we were eating dinner it's like oh well, why not let's yeah put this on <laughs> okay <laughs> um but yeah so um the the that was our coverage of uh jonathan strange and mr norrell mm-hmm. um the next book club book is one that you have chosen um that's right the uh aaron morgan stern's 2011 work the night circus yeah I'm, which i had uh, never heard of before <laughs> yeah so i'm i'm really interested to sort of see what you think of it okay uh, have well we'll we'll talk about it yeah <laughs> yeah we'll talk about that when we cover it yeah um but uh but yeah so till next time um we'll see you guys uh i don't know when we'll record that coverage one um because i've already read it but yeah uh, um well i know that we're going to be doing um um a couple of like virtual con coverages too so yeah that'll be like in the works and stuff like that yeah because um, dragon Cat's doing it yeah Swim. which yeah. i think is really cool that again they're sort of doing those coverages and you know what's also really nice that they're not charging people like you know exactly the the thing is like dragon con like it wouldn't it wouldn't be hard for me to believe if dragon con was like we're going to charge people for this uh virtual con because i feel like dragon con loves money or the people who run dragon con love money um you know definitely correct me if if you don't feel like that but um i get that kind of sense flash forward when this goes live to the 1200 emails that we'll get <laughs> of people correcting us <laughs> why do you hate dragon con so much why do you think that they're all capitalists um but i i thought it was you know, i don't know eyes <laughs> i don't know watching watching what they do <laughs> yeah um but i think that it's really cool that they decided that they were going to have this for free like I know a lot of the um, the guests that they are going to have um, canceled. Well, I think ultimately that's why they canceled this year because they um, like on their page they made it sound like it was still happening. It was just going to be really reduced, um, and then like a week later they announced this virtual con. And I, I think it's because all of the people who were scheduled to be there were like, mm, yeah, no, I'm not doing cons this year. 
Yeah, and you know, I completely understand. Like, I would feel so um, uncomfortable going to like a oh, absolutely. Place. Like, I mean, people pick up con crud every yeah. year. Like, even if you you know you're trying to be like super safe and everything like that. It's... Yeah, like I walk around with like hand sanitizer and like I don't touch anyone and. But you still get con crud. <laughs> yeah, but I still will will usually end up with some form of it. Usually, it's sinus related. So it's like mm, I. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. i just don't feel comfortable i mean i guess that could come from me spending money in the vendor hall but yeah i'm, I'm interested because i guess dragon said that they're going to have like a virtual vendor hall and i'm not a hundred percent sure what i'm curious that how means. that's yeah i'm curious Are... what what makes that different from an online store but yeah, I, I don't know if they're just going to have like a page where they're going to have um just a list of like you know, um, I guess recommended vendors and stuff like that. But yeah, again, I'm I'm very interested to sort of see how this plays out because I haven't been to like a virtual con before. I know that right. you said that your wife ended up doing like stay at home. Yeah, there's con. a couple that that uh, did it called a home con. Um, yeah, they and, and I mean she she watched it for one panel with actors from a show that she was interested in. Mm-hmm. I, there was I, like there was one panel that they had where I think like some Assassin's Creed voice actors were were answering questions or, or someone related to Assassin's Creed. Mm-hmm. Um, but like it was mainly coverage of like sh- other shows that we don't watch just because it's like oh well it's not like a like we we just don't watch like CW. Um, yeah like romance dramas so that that's mainly who was there um but you know they, they kind of have a, a, like a good time did she yeah yeah i mean with that one they actually did charge for that because they did oh, have to really stuff was it, a I, it wasn't much it was like 10 bucks for a virtual pass and it was a three-day thing through okay. twitch so like it wasn't much yeah and like i again like i understand like we're all in this together and we're all hurting but like i don't know i i feel like dragon con has a lot of money i don't and again it just it might be just my perception but like i don't know i i think dragon con's going to be all right i think they're going to you know be there next year even though they won't be able to like get this year's ticket sales yeah i oh well i'll i'll we'll we'll chat about that off mic because again i don't want us to have twelve thousand angry death threats yeah and again if you want to cut this i know this is like a side tangent i just i find it interesting i do find it like very interesting um about like how people are adapting to this and how people are like handling everything so you know uh and it could be like a solution for future problems, you know. Yeah, because you got to well, think about the future. <laughs> well, you know, a while back, one one of my my topics for a main show coverage that I wanted to cover, like I still plan on doing it, uh, depending on how you feel. Mm-hmm. But uh, one of the future episodes is on the pandemic board game. <laughs> yeah, which makes this interesting. <laughs> since that was chosen like a year ago (laughs) oh wow yeah i guess that's (laughs) 
Yeah, it's interesting recording things in a pandemic when you're talking about a pandemic. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but uh, that's probably enough tangent. We'll, um, we'll see you guys in a couple weeks. And yeah. uh, we'll talk about Night Circus probably in a month or so. Mm-hmm. And uh, but as yeah, always, yeah, be be kind to everybody and stay safe and treat everybody like you would like to be treated yourself. Golden rule, baby. Stay golden. Bye. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>